Hello, and welcome to the Happy Author Podcast with me, Dorothy Coombson. I'm a multi-award winning best-selling author, and I'm here to help demystify the publishing world for anyone who writes books, wants to write books, or just has a love and passion for books. On today's extended episode of my podcast, I speak to Jennifer Doyle, Fiction Publishing Director of Headline Books. I first met Jen when I was at my previous publisher, Penguin Random House. Jen worked in the marketing department on a couple of my books and we clicked. When I was looking to find a new publisher, Jen was my first port of call. Jen is my new editor, so she's my main point of contact at my publishers. When people think of books, they think of the editorial department, and this episode should give you some insight into how this important part of a publishing company works. Jen also explains what she's looking for in a book, what you can do to improve your chances of getting published, as well as how to have a better experience when you do manage to secure a publishing deal. Jen and I often laugh a lot when we talk, so do be prepared for a bit of silliness amongst the vital information. Jennifer, or Jen, whichever you'd prefer me to call you. Um, Jen is all good. Most people know me as Jen. Okay, great. So we'll, we'll stick with um, Jen for now. Okay. First of all, can you tell me what your job title is and what it actually means? I can. Um, so uh, I'm Fiction Publishing Director at Headline. Um, and essentially what I do is oversee our fiction publishing. So um, I run a team of editors um, who are all kind of buying and publishing for the list. Um, I have overall sites uh, of what we decide to publish and how we decide to publish it. Um, I'm essentially responsible for the profit and loss of that area of our publishing. Um, and I actually also, as you well know, uh, I publish my own um, list of authors as well. Um, so I'm an, I'm, I'm an editor for a handful of authors alongside that. So when you say a list, that, does that mean there's separate parts of headline? Yeah, so, so it tends to, it's divided into imprints. Um, and uh, we have a kind of a, a fiction offering which runs across um, different imprints. So headline, headline review, Tinder press, uh, headline accent and eternal. Um, and we also have our nonfiction list as well. Um, and we have an imprint called Headline Home, which is um, cookery and lifestyle. Uh, and we have Wildfire, which is actually a mix of fiction and nonfiction, but it doesn't sit under me. Um, so yeah, we have a, a range of imprints. So I, I tend to, t to refer to the fiction list as a list, even though it kind of falls under various parts of that. Um, what do you think anyone wanting to get into publishing, being traditionally published, needs to know? Because I know um, there's all these writing, you find writing tips and stuff like that, but from your end, what yeah. do you think, when people are trying to get published, what do you think they should know, that there are things that they might not have thought of? I, I One of the things I would say is that there's no kind of one size fits all for, for publishing and publishers have to treat each book differently. So it's very hard, it's very hard to compare kind of like for like um, and kind of context is everything, I think. So, you know, 
if you're kind of if you're coming from an author perspective and and what people are thinking about on the other end um the reason i say context is everything because it completely depends on you know the type of publisher the type of imprint you're looking at what else they're already publishing um and therefore you know do they have a slot for you because it, you know we can love the book so so much but if we don't have the appropriate slot to publish a book then we can't necessarily take it on and it also affects what we might pay for something um depending on if, if that makes sense depending on how much risk we can put on something mm. um uh what else um i think one other thing to think about and i know it's it's hard to think about because sometimes i find it overwhelming as a, as a publisher just how many books are being published um i mean you know <laughs> hundreds of thousands um, yes. each year and 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 as you know there are only so many slots in the in the retailers and the shops um and so that's just something that we have to bear in mind that it's it's you know it's you know you were talking earlier about you know whether or not you can make your millions from from being an author and and i suppose the realistic picture is um that there are a lot of books and and some of those work and some of those work really well um but there are there are challenges to do to that in terms of you know space um and kind of competition and you know all of those things um so that's not to be <laughs> that's not to be negative because the positive no. side of that is you can also reach readers directly in a way that you never have been able to before yeah. so you know amazon is uh, you know or, or, or digital platforms in general you know you you can affect your sales through you know metadata through digital marketing through you know talking to readers directly and and bringing them to your book so there's more opportunity there but it's just it also is it's a tough landscape sometimes and so publishers are thinking about all those things when they're thinking about who to take on and you know the response that you get from a publisher it's just worth bearing in mind that it's not necessarily to do with how much they like a book or how much they think a writer is 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 good um because you know we wish that we could we always wish that we could publish more and we always wish that we could publish the books that we love but there are just lots of other things that come into it um yeah. i don't know if that answers your your question i think it, it does in in the way that um that people don't often take that into consideration when they're sending off a book to be published um um they're trying to get traditionally published they don't I don't suppose it occurs to them that it is a business as well. And that's the, that's the unfortunate part. It is a business. It always has been a business, but we have this idea of publishing being something other than that. And it is an art form as well. You know, books are art and they are creative and they are very much so. And that's a wonderful thing about them, but it is a craft as in there is a business side to it as well. And absolutely. Um, um, and, and essentially, you know, the other thing to think about is that, well, I was going to, I was going to say we're, we're gamblers as publishers, we're gamblers because, you know, you can never guarantee the success that you're going to get because there's no, as you say, there, there's a craft to it. And we know, we know the things that we can do to enhance things, you know, through the relationships we have, through the distribution, through our kind of expertise in, you know, marketing or, or covers or, you know, all of that. But there's also an element of luck, I think. You know, there's there's always that 
there's always that perfect timing thing that happens when you get a big success, which, you know, you can't quite put your finger on. Yeah. So what do you look for when you're looking to buy a book to publish? Well, um, from my point of view, and this is coming from the point of view of a commercial publisher at Headline, you know, we are kind of unashamedly commercial. So, you know, somebody from Faber, let's say, would probably answer this quite, quite differently. Um, but for me, I first am grabbed, if I'm getting sent something from an agent, for example, um, it's the pitch. Um, and I am, a, I am an ex-marketeer, so I'm particularly uh, looking for that, I think. Um, you need to be, you need to have a compelling hook. Um, if you're talking about genre fiction, um, you really need to be able to have that one-line pitch and to be immediately like, oh, that sounds really good. And I, you know, you get that feeling when you, when you read it and you think, ah, oh, yes, I think this could be for me. And then, and then it's just being instantly immersed for me. I want to, I want to be taken into the story straight away. Um, and I think, I think being able to do that is a real skill. Um, and you just know, like I say, when you get the feeling, when you see the pitch, you kind of get the feeling when you start to read as well, because you're, you're kind of in. And then um, for me as well, I want to know, you know, if I'm going to be sort of seeing this author as setting them up as a career, I, sh I just want to know that they can tell a story and that they can probably do it again. Like they, they have that kind of, you know, you can tell that they're an actual storyteller. Um, I, I think that's quite important. Yeah. Um, so those, those are the main things for me. Um, and, you know, I, I, I just, I think it also, you also want something that's different from the things that you already have on your list. So that, you know, you think, okay, you know, you don't, you don't want two authors who are super, super similar because you're, you're kind of competing against yourself then. Um, you want to know that actually, yes, that sits uniquely in that space. Um, we can really go for it. Yeah. So sort of curveball question here. So with all the stuff that's been talked about, about diversity and inclusivity, how does that play on your mind? How does that come through your mind when you are looking at submissions that you get? Mainly that I'm not getting enough. Mm. <laughs> um, that, that's, that's the truth of it. Yeah. Um, particularly... Um, particularly in my area in, in commercial fiction uh, and genre fiction, um, the, re the, most, the thing that most plays on my mind is that, that we're not getting enough and how much we need to proactively change that, whether yeah. that's, you know, whether that's through partnerships, whether that's through open submissions, whether that's, you know, actively, actively going out and finding mm -hmm. um, new voices, because um, the, the, the truth is that not enough is is coming in via agents is it is um, that changing hopefully i think it i think it is changing um i think it is changing and, it, and it's something that that publishers and agents are so aware of um I well I, that, I, I mean i i'm asking you this as somebody because we obviously i wrote that letter yeah that um to the publishing industry and as my editor i did want to say that you've always been very good to me as an editor and my previous editors have been, I've been very fortunate. Most of my editors have been great. Um, but since that, since sort of like that watershed moment, I think has 
do you have you seen things getting better do you think or being on the inside changing and people rather than just talking about it which I think people have done for years and years and years and let's not pretend they haven't they have talked about it but not done anything about it it's very absolutely a good game absolutely not to actually do try and affect change or to try and change things I can I completely agree and I think that's what I think that's why it was so shocking and depressing was that it that conversation has just been going around for so long um and I do feel now um I do feel now that people are really doing much more rather than and and having to say no I need to do this no one's going to (laughs) no one's going to to do this for me yes um so so as editors individually we are all you know we have a um uh, meeting every other week specifically actually to talk about this to go right what, what are we actually doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> what individually um, that's really heartening to hear that you actually you decided to do something rather than waiting for to come from above as it were that sort of, sort of like thing to inspiration to strike or something to um but the other thing I just wanted to say that I mean we've yes. talked about this before but it's kind of and also it's about you know, um, you know, we've talked about mentorship coming up a lot and, yeah. you know, things that are just not tangible enough. And it's kind of, it's, it's deals that you want, deals and books. Yes. And authors on the list and, and that, you know. Um, you want authors to be, to have, to submit their books. That's the thing, isn't it? And if they might not be perfect. I mean, no book is perfect when it's sent, especially right. debuts and um yeah they're not they're not perfect so what you want is to have the opportunity to work with people i suppose and to create to help create and build an author who whose career is long not not just simply yeah because that's our job after all you know (laughs) that is that is the job and that is the job that people are doing isn't it it's it's one Ah. of those things i i yeah i i think mentors mentorships and all those things all those schemes they're great but they don't do enough they don't open it up enough for different people because I never did the mentorship I you know I was rejected quite a lot as we all know (laughs) but you know I I I was given an opportunity by somebody who actually saw my saw in my work what something they wanted to publish well two different people because I've had two different yeah you know two different chances that being published but um way back when um back in the 1800s or whatever which is what it feels <laughs> like sometimes um but yes we, we want as I said in my letter we want equality of opportunity the chance to get in front of the editors you know and not have to think that our book has to be a hundred percent perfect it can be 70 percent perfect completely but given the chance to work with somebody who's going to make it a hundred percent perfect and that's kind of partly what I was referring to earlier, because I, when I was saying that when I look, I look for a, a kind of a good pitch and and a storyteller, and and that, and that's not because I'm a cynical marketing person, even though I probably am a cynical marketing person. But it's it's kind of what you're saying. It's it's not that I don't care about the quality of the writing. Of course I do, but there's work that you can do with an author. Um, to get something to where it perhaps needs to be if it's if it's not polished enough yes but if you can spot those things in it where you think no there's something in this 
um, you know, that's kind of what I meant by that, as opposed yeah. to just just <laughs> oh, it's about marketing and not about the quality. Yeah. Well, no, absolutely, it's not at all, is it? It is a business, but it is if you see the something, it's like finding that rough diamond and uh, you know knowing that you can polish it up and you can help to polish it up. You can help the person Definitely. to make it what you what you think a good book is or a great book is. Okay, so what can an author do? to increase their chances of being published. I mean, I know lots of people are really cynical about this and they say, you know, I mean, they're always thinking, a lot of people sort of think that there's certain things that you have to be to, to get published. And I'm hoping, again, that things are changing and it's not, that's not the case, but what can you do as a person sitting at home, listening to this, to increase your chances of getting a publishing deal, whether you're published before or whether you're you're just starting out what can you do to increase your chances of an editor picking up on your yeah I think it's good to be just generally aware of what's going on in publishing and the market which you can do um by following social media channels for example um following publishers social media um agents um even kind of bloggers book bloggers I think it's quite good to be aware of of what's out there and how books are being talked about and how perhaps what you want to write or have written might kind of fit into it and and just having that general awareness um there there are quite a lot of schemes um in terms of that was also a good good way to hear about them actually um in terms of whether that's open submissions whether that's um uh you know um schemes set up with partners um where you know, I, I, not competitions, but but you know what I mean, um, where you submit your, your work. Um, and I think thinking carefully, if you are going to submit your work either to an agent or via a, a, a different scheme, it's just good to think about how you set that out if you can. And I know that's hard to know if you don't, if nobody tells you, um, but it's just worth thinking about how you're going to grab somebody's attention when you talk about your book um and i think that's where that awareness of what else is going on in the book world might help because while you while you always want to do something different i'm not saying that you should do something that's the same as everybody else but just um being able to pitch your book in a kind of concise easy way will always help um i think those are the main things is there anything else you can think of um I was just wondering if, um, so I know a lot of people have say, oh, perfect for fans or such and such and such and such. And um, and I always think, you know, perfect for fans of Dorothy Coombson, ha, 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 who are they? <laughs> <laughs> no, but th does that sort of thing help or does it just make you think? I think it helps. I think try and be, if you're going to do that, and I say this to editors as well, going into acquisitions meetings, um if you're if you're going to do that just be quite make sure it's specific enough and you know if you're going to use an internationally best-selling author just just make sure it's clear why because it's a very easy comp to use and lots of people use various names and so it's just good yes. to think about why am i why am i saying that what is it about it that makes me think of that author um i mean as i think i think as an industry i think part of part of the problem is our reliance on comps and what's gone before and actually 
it would be nice if we weren't so reliant on comping to other authors and titles. Um, yeah. But, but haven't, you haven't cracked that yet. <laughs> you mean, you yeah, mean comparing? Yeah. Not, when you say comps, when you say sorry, comps, I'm thinking, sorry, that's, what's that sorry mean? <laughs> that's such a publishing thing, isn't it? That I've just, you can tell how much we talk about comps in a meeting and no one has any clue what that means outside of that meeting. Yeah. Um, yes. So, yeah, so, so exactly, people, yes. exactly. Um, yeah, comparison. Um, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because um, you want to have somebody who's as successful as such as someone who's gone before, but you want them to do something different. So exactly. It's like I remember somebody. I read somebody had written something along my. I, I can't remember who it was, so I, I apologise to that person. I'm not trying to steal your thunder or your words, but I, I when they've said it, it didn't stick in my mind as as publishing is a real risk taking business run by people who are very risk averse <laughs> so you, you want you want to you have to take totally. a gamble or something but you don't want to gamble totally. but you know you're not gambling totally. so yeah and that's what that kind of you want somebody who's going to do something as well as that person does but completely different exactly. as well exactly exactly <laughs> and it's, it's uh, i suppose that's the um that's the quandary exactly. isn't it of, of of publishing and pretty it much is. everything i suppose um, so what do authors need to know about acquisition meetings? Ah, yeah, well, this relates, I suppose. Um, yes. Um, what is an acquisition so, meeting? Because I know what they yes. are because I've been published, but traditionally published. But what is an acquisition so meeting? So an acquisition meeting is generally the meeting where um, the different teams get together. Um, usually... And teams in, in respect what do you mean by this? So, See, I'm, I'm yeah, trying to break no, this, this down good. so this is good. people do have an idea. Don't forget. So normally, it, well, in my experience, it's usually the managing director of the company who would run an acquisition meeting, which is essentially the meeting where you decide what books you're going to buy. That's put simply. Okay. So then the different departments, so um, uh, editorial, um, sales department, very important in that meeting. <laughs> Uh, marketing department, publicity department, um, and production and art. So, so the key the key people in those departments um, will come together in that meeting, and um, a kind of pitch for a new project. So, if if there's there's a new book that has come in, probably from an agent, not necessarily from an agent, um, has come into an editor, and an editor's gone right yes i love this um this is how i think i'd publish it um brilliant i want to go for it they will then put that project forward to that kind of team of people in the acquisition meeting and essentially in that meeting it's our responsibility to decide how the, or sort of the commercial value of that particular book or, or project to us as a company so different companies, as I said earlier, will view something in a completely different way. There are lots, there's lots of context to how we might view something, um, depending on what else we're publishing, depending on, you know, the type of campaign we'll think we'll put behind it. And in that meeting, we'll discuss, you know, um, where does where does the book kind of sit in the market? So actually, comparisons are often relevant to that. Um, yes. But they shouldn't be, I don't think one should wholly rely on what's gone before. Um, you know, what what retailers do we think it might sell in? So sometimes you'll have something that will be strong in ebook, 
um, some, sometimes you'd have a supermarket book or think that you'd pitch to supermarkets to, to stock it. Sometimes something might be more Waterstones, some, sometimes something might be more Amazon. So that's what we discuss. And, and we have to do that in order to work out how many copies we think we could, we could sell, which is by no means an exact <laughs> art. Um, and it's based on all those different things and different publishers will value things in a different way um, because of all the other things that are going on for them. Um, and so our sales director is very important in that process um, in terms of working out, okay, I think based on, based on this and where we think it can sell, this is where we're gonna kind of put our marker. Um, so it's probably our most important meeting really. Um, and we all, you know, they're great discussions often and it's lovely if everybody really loves something um, and talks about it very passionately. And that's great. Um, we don't tend to spend too long on that because it's about, you know, it's kind of like you were saying earlier, it is a business and we have to kind of decide, you know, our feelings for the book aside, what do we, what do we genuinely think we can do with it? How many books do you have at each meeting and how often do you have so these it's meetings? once a week. Um, and so we would, uh, we bring the minutes to each meeting. So we'll still discuss ongoing books to see how those negotiations are going, because sometimes okay. it will take a little while for, uh, if you're negotiating with an agent on a book, sometimes it will take a bit of time. Sometimes there's an auction. Sometimes it's very straightforward. <laughs> it just depends. Um, and yeah, how does the auction work? Sorry, that's quick aside. How does an auction work? How does an auction work? So usually um, if an agent knows that they have quite a bit of interest, so they might have got, you know, they might have got a few different editors saying to them, I love this. I'm taking it through my acquisitions meeting. Um, and they, they think, okay, I know that I'm going to get a few offers. They would normally set a deadline whereby anyone who's interested gets their first offer in. Um, and then they can choose how they play it from that moment on and how many rounds they might have in an auction, um, whether they drop people out of the auction by setting um, targets that each um, editor has to meet in each round of the, the auction, uh, when they say, right, it's time for best bids, kind of like if you're buying a house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But does that just, is it just purely money or is it? No, oh, that's, that's, we'll a, give good, money that's and, a good point, actually. That, that makes it sound like it's just about the money and it, and, and it isn't because, you know, an agent will often have an idea of, of somebody who would, you know, either an editor who, who's made a brilliant connection with the author, it could be. Um, it could be that someone's really impressed with a marketing idea. Um, it, could, it could be anything. Um, or, you know, perhaps the author just got a really good feeling from a certain team, because often in an auction situation, you would often meet the author so that the author could see the team that they were they were going with, which is virtual now, obviously. Yeah, oh, yeah. I suppose it can happen more often now, yeah. can't it, because it's virtual. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, um, so in the acquisitions meeting, it's, there's some that's ongoing and there's some that's new books yes. that, that um, are being discussed. So... I'm trying to be Pollyanna yeah. about this, I suppose. But you know, when you if you get to the acquisition meeting, that's a big deal. That's great. It? Yeah, that's great because, and also I should say, I'm making it sound like very, you know, challenging. But we want to we want to publish books and we want to publish more books, and mm. um, 
and and I should I should also say that we don't do everything in the same format. So sometimes something will be published in hardback, but sometimes it won't be. Sometimes sometimes yeah. the ebook is the main format. Um, not yeah. everything is published in audio. So there's there's lots of flexibility, and and as I said earlier, it's not one size fits all. And so there's there's lots of different ways to make up a publishing list that isn't you know the same for each for each book um which is what makes it interesting as well um that's changed a lot yeah. hasn't it since but before when i was first published it was mainly you were hardback or paperback and then that was yeah. it and the ebook came out and now it's i suppose it's there's more opportunities for authors because if you're not if you're not hung up say on just being published in hardback then there are opportunities to be published in ebook and maybe that's the, you're an ebook author or even maybe you're an ebook author first definitely and then, and then you might books down and exactly like, exactly it's um so i suppose in that respect you shouldn't get hung up on on um the acquisition no. on on the fact that you're not going to be a hardback person like that author who you whose career you want as well i and, suppose and I'm headline's saying. quite a strong digital publisher so you know you might an author might go through the acquisition process and think right well I've got headliners saying they're going to do you know I don't know publish an ebook an early ebook for example and this publisher over here is saying oh we want to do it in hardback and then you can kind of decide actually what what do I think's best um as an author yeah, yeah. so but getting to an acquisitions meeting with your book is is it's definitely great. good but obviously I mean there's not <laughs> I'm not going to pretend it's not really heartbreaking when someone says, actually, no, Definitely. we can't afford or we don't want this book at that time. Can we just give people a bit of hope that it's not all It's bad? not at all. And and actually, you know, and I was going to say that that situation is heartbreaking for the editor as well, because, you know, the other thing to know is that, that the editor who's going into that meeting is totally championing you. And the fact that they've even taken it to the meeting is kind of, you know, bearing in mind, get submissions all the time you know but if they've picked that one out and they're championing it then that's a really a really good thing and, and the book you've written is connecting so you know that's that's the main thing to take from that it's a really really good yeah. thing to happen and as I say we want to publish books and more books <laughs> yeah so well, you see some as I say to people people ask me what to do you know once they've set the book off and I always say get on with the next one because very few publishers just want you to be a one book author do they they want you to write lots of books so you need to kind of almost move on from that book because that could become your second book to be published absolutely and if you've got a strong idea for it so if we're going to buy let's say two books from an author rather than one we would want to know what that book's going to be and that they've got an idea for it and yeah. you know so it i think your advice is really sound on that yeah. um okay so i think we've done all we can do about acquisition meetings is there anything else i don't think <laughs> they so. are fun they um, are fun meetings they sound that makes it sound like uh, i was gonna say scary. they sound they sound quite, yeah, quite scary very nice <laughs> <laughs> and we want to we want things to go through it's not you know <laughs> yeah so do you have pitch battles i'm just imagining people standing on the table going oh, I'm <laughs> You can't stop me. <laughs> yeah. um, I love it. So anyway, moving on. 
I don't you didn't answer that question actually. You just kind of just oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't quite do that. Not not everyone agrees all the time, I will say that. <laughs> what can do you think an author could do to improve the relationship between them and them and the publisher? Because I know it doesn't always go right and it doesn't always go smoothly and you know, I've been, like I say, I've been very fortunate with the people I've worked with. I am, um, yes, I can be forthright, as, as somebody told me. They think I've had a lot of success because I'm very good at standing up for myself. I know what they meant by that. That's <laughs> <laughs> what they really meant by that. <laughs> but what can you do? Because I, I'm, I am one of those people, I like to be involved with everything. I know some authors don't. Some authors just want to submit their book. That's, and then just I think away. that's the interesting thing is that everybody approaches things differently and everybody feels differently about things and has different trigger points to what either upsets them or makes them happy about something. Um, and I think it's interesting with with you and saying your you know the involvement, but but I think what works about that is that it's a it's a team and while you know. <laughs> you're the one who's put blood, sweat and tears into writing the book, so it's yours. But also, you know, it feels that because, because you approach your writing career as, as a job and you take it very seriously, it's also, we're a team and therefore, if something goes wrong, we're, we're both, you know that, you know, I'm kind of almost as upset about it as you are and, and that, yes. that, you know, your disappointment is my disappointment or your, you know, or, or conversely, when something goes right, it just, you know, it feels so good. So I think if you can get to that point where you feel like you're working as a team together, because um, I, I think one thing that, that I would say, if you're thinking about what would you say to authors is that we do really want all our books to sell. <laughs> we really, mm. really want our books to sell um because you know for both of us um we need them to sell as a business anyway but also mm. your your editor should usually be a, a, an absolute passionate champion of your books and your writing as well and so everybody really wants that to work um and i think if it's if it's not working then i think it's always good to to say something and just and just to have be able to have that kind of honest communication um, if things aren't quite right because because everybody deals with things differently. Some people like lots of information. Some people like hardly any information at all. You know, um, there are lots of examples I could think of where where people differ, and so we don't always get it right. Um, yeah. So I think it's always good to say if if it's kind of not working for you um, because we should be able to provide a, a bespoke approach to to each author um, yeah. um one of the things i always say when i'm going to work with people i need to know everything i need to know what's going on because if something's got my name on it i need to know what's going on with it and what's being said and what's being done definitely partly because i i want you know i want to know what's been said in my name and done in my name but also you know because i'm interested it is part of what i do and i, I am interested but i like i say other people don't want to know they just want to know the good stuff and all the bad stuff they want to be that to be kept away from them so do you think at the start of a working relationship you should be very clear about what it is you want from that working relationship? I, I, yes and I think we don't do that enough um I, th I think we should be doing that more and just being more open about that and and 
I think sometimes it's easy to forget how much you don't necessarily know about the publishing industry or how it works um, before you've had a book published. And I think, I think sometimes um, we're guilty of just sort of not thinking to sort of either explain something or just to go, okay, this is the process and this is exactly what's going to happen now. This is when you should expect to hear from me. This is when, you know, um, because otherwise I think if you're an author and you're usually working from home or very often working from home and, and you're kind of getting on things your end, if you don't hear anything, <laughs> I think silence is the worst thing because um, yeah. you don't know what's going on. And I think so that communication is just so key. So, um, I mean, obviously you can put the caveat with any conversation you have that things might change. You might want to know less. You might not want to know more as time goes on. Mm. But I think being being honest and open is a good way of um, of going into anything, I suppose. But Definitely. particularly with working with an editor. I think so. And, and I think if publishers don't... Um, there's <laughs> probably people listening to this going no, don't do this Jen but if publishers <laughs> don't take seriously what their author thinks I think that's that's not only is it a disservice to them but actually it's just a bit you know an, an author knows their work and their readers better than anyone else I would say so yeah. I think their you know a, opinion or whatever you want to call it is as valuable probably more valuable than anybody else's yeah. Um, and we might not always agree, you know, you, you and I don't always agree on what, no. you know, <laughs> no, whether we it's don't. a title or whatever. And that's, you know, that's, that's fine. But like, you know, we can feel, we can feel <laughs> that we can say to each other, actually, <laughs> actually, I think you're wrong. Because <laughs> no. also I think I'm not doing you a service. If I kind of, conversely, if I was just to say, Oh yes, okay. You will just do whatever you want. I'm not doing you a service either. If I think actually I'm not sure that's going to work, I want to say to you, and you might still say that's fine, but I'd like to try it, which is fine. Yeah. But you know, otherwise I haven't really done my job. But you also know that I'll always be there with the "I told you so." <laughs> yes, because that's pretty much. I'm pretty much. You are. You right. are usually right. I mean, I have to say this. <laughs> One of the things you, I think you have to as an author you have to kind of accept that people are going to not always agree with you or not do what you think they should be doing and also accept that someone else knows that part of the business better than you do and you don't see everything coming to it as an author and or reader you don't always see the the important conversations and things that are going on behind the scenes so um good communication is is key i think um, but it's hard though isn't it because it takes so long to get published sometimes that you kind of just end up not wanting to say anything to rock the boat do you yeah exactly I think that's part of it and and I think on the editor side um, you know obviously authors deal with other people than just the editor but um, it's always that balance between you want to show somebody something that you're happy with so let's say you're sending a cover for approval and this is, by the way, does not, you know, we work, we have our own way of working with that, but, you know, you want it to be good enough and you want to be happy with it before you send something, but without being right, well, this is a fait accompli and you don't have an opinion. It's a very, it's a very hard balance that to, to strike, I think, um, particularly if you don't know each other all that well yet, 
and and know how you like to communicate um that's always that's always a, a hard one i think well thank you so much jim yeah oh, that was fun thanks for joining me dorothy coomson today on the happy author podcast i hope my chat with jennifer doyle fiction publishing director of headline books was helpful to you on your writing journey keep writing keep reading keep happy talk to you soon bye